Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beer, is a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. And you're going to be really entertained today because not only do you get myself and Vince, you get a third person who we're adding to the mix right now. Say hello, ladies and gentlemen, to Ryan Mack. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Really an honor to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Ryan Mack from Mack Brewing. That's where I was going right next. Part of the reason <laughs> that we've got you on, this is our first podcast. Some dedicated listeners and viewers may remember Ryan from our initial foray into Instagram Live, but this is our first podcast that actually includes someone who brews. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm actually stunned that you would uh, choose me as a really mediocre home brewer, but uh, you know, with some with some rave reviews from some uh, at home. We had a great time on Instagram Live talking about Mac Brew, uh, but excited to see what you guys have up your sleeve here. Yeah, Tom, tell tell everybody what we're drinking today. Well, uh, this is a really special one because this might be one of the most famous craft brews I would say in the United States. Is that, is that fair to say? I, certainly in the Midwest. As a Michigan boy, I know it. Uh, front to back. Right, but it's called Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Uh, interesting fact about this beer before you get into the description. Yeah. It's rumored that Ryan Mack has never had a Two-Hearted before. What? Yeah, despite being from Michigan, the home of Bell's, uh, despite it being available in 48 states, <laughs> despite it being the number one ranked beer in the country amongst home brewers surveyed every single year... I, as a as a prominent Midwest home brewer, uh, have allegedly never tried too hearted. So we'll see how this goes. Well, that checks out. Yeah. Thanks All for right. sharing. Um, <laughs> for those who aren't uh, familiar, like Ryan over here, uh, this is from Bell's Brewery in in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Shout out Western Michigan. And uh, it's an IPA, seven percent alcohol. Um, but if you've ever had this, you know that it it really is one of the more crushable uh, beers. Oh, absolutely. I think. Uh one of the highlights of my life was when I went back to Detroit and I was going to a Tigers game and we stopped off at a bar that I cannot remember, but it has some outdoor seating. And my dad took us there specifically because he likes Two Hearted and they had Two Hearted for $3 a That's a steal. That's a steal. That's, that's the steal of the year. Yeah. Uh, I'll quickly read the description of this from the website. It says... Brewed with 100% Centennial hops from the Pacific Northwest and named after the Two-Hearted River in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, our American IPA is bursting with hop aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit from massive hop additions in both the kettle and the fermenter. Hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm not sure either, but I, I know that it sounds pretty good. i got to be honest with you. Yeah. For once in our lives as podcasters... <laughs> We can answer that. <laughs> yeah, right. right. What does that mean? It right. sounds it sounds pretty good. And, you know, despite having been on site at the Bell's Brewery within the last calendar week, the last seven days, people, again, allegedly have never had this beer. But, no, it sounds really delightful. Centennial hops, one of the most common hops grown in the U.S. It can grow uh, in a wide range of climates, which actually makes it very common. Um and, and one of the best, most versatile, your West Coast IPAs, piney, grapefruity, just absolutely delicious. So, excited. Yeah, well, again, normally we don't have a, an actual expert on the show, so we're trying to take advantage <laughs> of that. Yeah. And we'll try to fill in the gaps with uh, 
pointless pop culture knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we should crack these open. Uh, Again, this is Bell's Two Hearted Ale. You can get it pretty much anywhere. So, uh, cheers, guys. Interestingly, not California, which is just a disappointment for those folks. Do we we know the other state? They've got a lot of good... um, Hawaii? It's either Hawaii or Alaska, one of the two. Probably Hawaii. There's there's gigantic fish on here, so it can't be Alaska. (laughs) Yeah, this... uh, Smells just like I remember. (laughs) Smells like coming home to an old friend. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's coming home to an old friend. That's really, really good. It smells like watching The Office. <laughs> really? Well, you know, coming home to an old friend. The Office is an old friend, Michael Scott. He's an asshole, yeah. but... <laughs> now, um, I do want to throw it back to Ryan for a second as a, as a brewing expert. So you, you've now had your first ever sip. Um, why don't you tell me a, a little bit about how you're feeling uh, after one sip? I, I got to say, my first sip... It, it tastes like it might be the quintessential double IPA in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this thing is fantastic, bursting with flavor, not too heavy on the, uh, you know, one sip in. I'll be interested to see out of the glass. I know you guys like to juxtapose the two. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I have heard rumors that uh, the way they brew their beer is they take half of the batch and they <laughs> heavily dry hop it. I'm talking real heavy. Other half zero dry hops. This allows them to get a lot of the hop particulate and matter. So I'll be interested when you guys pour this in your glass and, and first time I've ever seen it um, to see if it's got hop matter in it or if it's a pretty clear and crisp beer. I think their process is pretty interesting. Those guys are geniuses over there. Uh, listened to a few podcasts recently from uh, some of the folks at Bell's and and seem like real good people, but you know, just that's, haven't had the chance to try. That's, that's I, I, just, I can't wait until you meet the people and they just don't speak to you. <laughs> I, they probably that's should. quite a that's quite a rumor you just rattled yeah. off. Very specific and fact filled. A lot of people are talking yeah. about it. I don't know many people. So so if I, if I can just you know frame this in a in a pop culture sense, you know this beer kind of I think is the apex of what happened with the craft beer industry where. It went from sort of like a niche activity and interest, and now it's, you know, a quite a robust, financially viable industry. So my question to the both of you would be, what is something in either, you know, movies, entertainment, or music that kind of started off with an underground following and now is just like massively popular? Um, I would say... I can't remember what it's called. I really can't remember what it's called. That's one of my favorites, too. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. <laughs> I was gonna so so it's the first the, it's it's what the office popularized. Oh, the doc, Not the, the mockumentary. mockumentary. Yeah, mockumentary, but more specifically that specific shot that they do, where it's it's a portion of the mockumentary, yeah. and I'm, I can't remember what the shot is, but it's the it's the close up like talking head type shot. Everybody uses that. Oh, the confessional yeah thing. Maybe yeah, that's it. I would say I mean you could probably just generally say mockumentary sitcoms. I think they, well, they use yeah. it even outside of mockumentary sitcoms too. I've seen it in a lot of stuff, like stuff that you wouldn't even you wouldn't even anticipate there would be cutaways in. Yeah, Ryan, did you have any thoughts that jumped to your head? Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna naturally gear toward music here yeah. and a little yeah. bit away from uh, movies and TV. Um, this beer reminds me of a band that kind of came about. Uh, in Ontario, Canada, uh, met each other in middle school in the late 60s uh, 
and created a sound in a first record that you know sounded it followed a couple other bands right so if you think about the titans of craft beer you've got your sierra nevadas uh who are big ones you've certainly got uh some other really really you know classics uh, i would say boston beer company sam adams um has been a has been a titan some of these have gotten taken over but the point being there were some pioneers there were some that came just in that second wave bells was probably in there um and really reached the top as one of the best beers out there i'm gonna i'm gonna compare this to the band rush from Ooh. Canada. Uh, Great tie-ins yep. to pop culture and movies there for me to participate <laughs> Get, in. Getty Lee, Neil Peart, <laughs> and Alex Lifeson. Uh, Is it you Neil Peart or Neil Peart? Neil Peart. Uh, wow. I, I got to be honest, I thought it was Peart too. Now, Neil Peart, uh, rest in peace as of last year, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest drummers ever. But yeah, their first record sounded a lot like Led Zeppelin, kind of carbon copy. And they really evolved their sound, helped define prog rock. Right. And I think Too Hearted has has helped pave the way, allegedly, so they tell me. Yeah. Uh, so they tell me with my first taste here. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, that's really, I, I think I know where Vince is about to go with this, but if I can just say as a man who was in a band that was a bass player and a singer, I have a soft spot for Getty Lee, yeah. although I do not have the nasally falsetto <laughs> that he has constantly uh, showing out there, but... Go ahead, just get into I Love You, Man. I know you want to. Yeah, it's I Love You, it's I Love You, Man, which is interesting because you, right. you talked about things that kind of transformed the industry, and I Love You, Man is almost the second in, um, I would say, a triumvirate of comedies that changed the way that uh, that the male comedy voices were, it's Judd Apatow, the way that right. the comedy voices were viewed. And the Genius. first one was the flip on the romantic comedy. Well, the first one was Knocked Out, which is just... It's, per, it's right. a flawless movie. Then you get into, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, the next one. Can, I can't get past this. You're you're saying knocked up is in the same echelon as I love you, man. <laughs> that's hold on. That's hold egregious. On. I, think, I think I know where he's transitioning. I love you, man. Is like God's gift to. It's a, it's an absolutely phenomenal film. Jeez. Wait, so Rush think, would not agree. The Holy Triumvirate would not agree. <laughs> so you to think appear. you think that knocked up is way worse than I love you, man? Because I. Absolutely. Knocked Up is a better movie. Oh, my goodness. So, Knocked Up is the transition. Knocked Up is the transition. You're starting on the end with old school and then pushing through to wedding crashes. And then you've got 40-year-old virgin. I like where we're going. 40-year-old virgin. We're we're migrating more towards human interest pieces about... Like young and also middle middle age. Let's just men. let's just be more <laughs> let's just be more specific. We're talking about the Apatow crew. We're talking about yeah. Seth Rogen, Jason yes. Siegel, Jonah Hill, Paul Rudd. All these guys who went from like you know your bros, bros favorite comedy group to like mega famous. And exactly. I think what you're trying to say is that. That movie, I Love You Man, was sort of the tipping point where this is just now like mainstream accepted. 100%. Right? I Love yeah. You Man was, when's the last time you saw um, a two, two men? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you saw two men who are actively seeking each other, just looking to be friends. And, and yeah. really shining that light on what it's like to be a 35 to 40 year old individual who is new in town or just hasn't had an opportunity to make friends and how difficult that is. Right. And that all starts with the progression all the way through from Knocked Up to, I would say, the big turning point was for getting Sarah Marshall. That's the first romantic That's where I thought you were going, honestly. That is, for a, yeah. that is for a man. And I also think it was sort of the first 
rom-com slash comedy focused on guys who like weren't just like cracking crass jokes at others expenses right. like you know there's a sensitive side to I love you man there's like a more feminine quality to the main character and like they sort of meet in the middle yep but you know before that I was just like hey you know how I know you're gay and like stuff like that which <laughs> I know you're gay too right. oh, 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 oh I got this hot girl knocked up right all the way over to oh she right. broke my heart but Ryan, I didn't want to interject on you because you seem like you love this movie. No, I'm, I'm. It's interesting. I'll put, uh, I'll put Sarah Marshall in the same echelon for sure. I, I'm gonna. This is the depth of my movie knowledge, and I am out. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Judd Apatow crew was the successors to the Harold Ramis crew. Oh, interesting. Uh, rest in peace to that guy too. Right, he's dead. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for confirming. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like seven years. We, we have confirmation. <laughs> okay, good. Right. I was, I was, I was, trying to spur I was waiting. I was waiting on the word. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. uh, but I think you did kind of skip over the frat pack, which was like Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell, yeah. um, that like early 2000s and that's SNL. The, but see, that's the kind of stuff you're saying we went from, which I, I view as not, at, not as refined. Right, I, I agree. It's not as refined. I guess that's yeah. what I was kind of. There, there was this turning point where all of a sudden it was acceptable for men to have feelings uh, and for men to show movie, those feelings yeah. in a movie and not be like. Oh, Paul, Paul Rudd is a stud. Let's be clear. Oh, we we yeah. Paul right. Rudd. Yeah, he, but yeah, I, I mean, I do. I feel strongly about this analogy because, like, that was really like the point where comedy was like not only a huge talking point culturally, but a very financially viable business for Hollywood. And now you you don't really see big budget comedies anymore. And here we are in 2021. Guess what's coming up on the craft beer game? The Seltzer Crew. The Seltzer, the Seltzer Crew is kind of like you know, hey, we're sort of the, the new hot thing in town. And even though craft brew is still very much chugging along, it's not at like the apex of that conversation. May I be so bold and potentially put my foot in my mouth as to say that the Seltzer game is similar to the long overdue push for females to be driving comedies. I think that is, that's fair, yeah. Or in, just in general, true. not white guys. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So the the uh, Kristen Wiig, that crew? Yep, that uh, Melissa McCarthy, yeah. who had been in the game for so Maya long. Maya Rudolph. Yes. Uh, these are a lot of SNL is. people. Everybody's, well that's... Yeah. That's I where, guess the whole thing we've been talking about was SNL people. I think, yeah. it, it, well, the only one is Paul Rudd. Well, I didn't. I mean, that that all female Ghostbusters movie I never saw, but I mean that was kind of like a, a moment where things were shifting. I mean, it was it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Let's um let's use this pause in conversation to try this out of the glass. Yeah, which is yeah. something we do on the show. Now, Ryan, I know that this is your first time drinking this, but is there anything you would expect, uh, difference-wise, between the can and the glass that we should be aware of? I I wouldn't expect any different taste. Maybe a little bit on the nose, just on the opening and how it's hitting you. Uh, There's a famous beer, uh, and for my money, one of my maybe number two favorite beer on earth. Uh, It's called Hetty Topper out of uh, Vermont, Stowe, Vermont, the Alchemist Brewery, and they, they... were made famous uh, for putting drink fresh, drink from the can on the can itself. Probably a brilliant marketing ploy. 
at the time they thought you know more hop aroma stays in the can and it was yeah. pretty it was pretty innovative at the time because no one was packing beers with that much hop and making it that drinkable they were all the really bitter west coast ones um so good for them on that again still stands the test of time as the number number two favorite beer of all time uh but i think it's been pretty much debunked there's not a lot of difference between Drinking beer out of the can and out of the glass. Well, don't tell that to, to this guy because <laughs> he, yeah, he that's might, one of the pillars of our show. Maybe. It you is. It, it, if anything, there's some you know there's some cognition effect, right? I'm looking at a, a copper kind of clear bubbly beer in the glass, and it's a pretty satisfying experience as opposed to you know this. I'm thinking of uh, well, I've never held this before, but you know <laughs> something similar, maybe a Founder's Centennial. Yeah. Uh, and I'd have it in a can. I might be at a tailgate. I might be out in you know out in the grass or something. Right. I'm not sitting sitting at a a brew pub drinking a fine glass of West Coast IPA. All right. Well, I, while you guys were chatting there, I had it. So go ahead and have your, yep. your sips. I do have to say that what what you were saying about how Hetty Topper packed that much hops into it, and they, you said it debunked, but I do taste a slight. It, it's not that the hops are gone so much as they're spread out a little more. And I, I, it's a little bit of a lighter drink, ever so slightly, for me, out of the glass. Beautiful okay. taste, though. Yeah. Now, it's interesting watching you two chat about this because I know you're longtime friends. Do you ever, like, watch a movie, like, several years? Let's, let's call it 10 years after <laughs> after it comes out, and you, you look at it and you go... You know what? This is a little different than than I thought it was. It could be good or bad, but how often do do you like have a shift in opinion years down the road? Well, I can tell you that I was roasted over the coals for my take on Shooter after I saw it ten years later. I said it doesn't really hold up, and everybody jumped down my throat. Wow! I think, think Shooter's a good movie. When's the last time you watched it? Probably ten years ago. No, it's, it's on TV every week. I watch it at least biannually. Uh, what else do you watch biannually? Oh, there's a lot of things. Um, no, but I would say I've experienced this less about less about my preferences changing, more about movies that have just purely not aged well. And there are a lot of them in today's day and well, age. I was about to say Old School is one I recently rewatched, and I, I was like, boy, there's some there's some plot stuff that they couldn't do now. Yeah. Have you watched Slapshot recently? <laughs> not not recently, no. That, I mean, that's probably been like 15 years. And that is like pantheon of greatest hockey films ever. Yeah. Greatest sports films ever. I mean, it. you know, I grew up on that stuff, hockey culture. It's hilarious, but... There's a lot of uh, a lot of pretty pretty bad references that haven't aged too well in there. I've never seen the movie Mighty Ducks, and I know okay. that, I know that some Speaking people. Speaking of Pantheon, yeah, some people uh, think that's a you know must see childhood classic, and that that's just a gap in my resume. But. And they re remade it just like Friends. They brought it back. Yeah, Disney Plus show. Everything. Yeah, yeah, I think the, if you can't find a new spin on it, there's just no need to. I, I the, Boy Meets World did a good job of making it Girl Meets World, where it's the same thing. But uh, there's no Mr. Feeney. So, it's <laughs> to, just to be clear, I've never watched a remake of anything, including Mighty Ducks. It's, that one's just a shout I only know that yeah. because of John Marcession. Shout out. Yeah. Beer's too flat. <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, um, can I just say that it was really stupid of Mr. Feeney to get married that late in life? I mean, you, you made it. When did he get married? He got married at the end of this show. Like, he married in a, real life? Or? No, 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 no. Oh. In the show. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. He married another older lady. Did you lady. even watch it? 
It's a blur, man. There I was a lot of ABC Family. <laughs> there was a lot of questionable marriages on that. Wait, I know this. That doesn't exist anymore. Really? ABC Family. Is yeah, it's called it's streaming? called Freeform. Yeah. Right? Oh my. What? They re- because they wanted to rebrand as like a young teen network, yeah. and teens don't want to be called. You know family. how I know that is because uh, I think Harry Potter streams on there like twenty four seven. Hashtag Molly. Love that. Love to hear that. For those of you who don't know, Molly is Ryan's fiance, soon to be. Soon to be wife has never bought me a two hearted. <laughs> Which is highly ironic because your dog Mia has a two hearted toy. She does. From from my Dino. gosh. Yeah. All right. So we talked a little bit a little bit about the hockey the pantheon of hockey movies and hockey comedies. I gotta be honest. I think hockey is done. Well, it's done pretty dirty across the landscape. I mean, you guys just, the NHL just now got ESPN to sign off, right? Yeah, coming like back that. to ESPN, yeah, for the first um, time in like 15, uh, 16 years. Probably since the lockout, I think. Yes, yeah, which was 2005. Yeah. yeah. So how many how many hockey movies, uh, this is probably the only place that I would consider you a movie expert in, how many hockey movies are out there, and what percentage of that canon is Mighty Ducks movies. <laughs> well, a lot of it's Mighty... The popular God, ones are Mighty Ducks. I would like say... 30% of all hockey I've got, movies are I'm Mighty not Ducks. a big Mighty Ducks guy. John is. I would say the most underrated hockey film in existence, everyone should go watch, is called Mystery Alaska. Oh, Really phenomenal. I'm putting it Pantheon. I'm putting Slapshot Pantheon. Did you see Goon? Yeah. Not putting that Pantheon, <laughs> that's for sure. That's that's the modern... <laughs> Take on Slapshot. Yeah. Can I just say Mystery Alaska also sounds like a Jack London novel. But yes. <laughs> Oh, great movie. I would check it out. Um, I mean, there's obviously Mighty Ducks. Miracle, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I've had some unfortunate moments recently, though, where I think in a work context, I tried to give a Herb Brooks quote for motivational speech. I think I was probably just doing the again, again, again. And they're like, oh, is that from that movie? And I'm like... That's just unfortunate. It was a real life event. Uh, you can still go watch the whole game, the whole golden the, or the whole Soviet game prior to the gold medal on YouTube. Yeah. It's still there. But yeah, I was I was sad. I wonder how many people don't know that that was a real. Like, it's probably a small percentage, but there's probably but people pers- saw that. Probably not that small. Probably no, not that small. I mean, it's like it's like when Jimmy Kimmel goes live on uh, oh on the streets, walk on the streets, and he's yeah. like, "Which one of these is a state?" Yeah, and it's like all three of them are states, and the people are like, or. Boom. No, my favorite one no, is when are you, it's bad. No. It's bad. My favorite one is when he goes uh, during like music festival season and they make up bands. Like, oh, are you excited to see you know the the Toucan Sam Parade? Like, oh my god, their first album was so good, and people like just completely They're just diving in. Like, right? Yeah. Oh my god. It, it's yeah. interesting though. You talk about people not recognizing quotes. I today had I was listening to Explosions in the Sky, and do you remember the Versus Network? Yeah, yeah. I, it's NBC they covered now. Tour de right. France and hockey. <laughs> it was a sad state of affairs. <laughs> might as well have been renamed the Back Network. Yeah, might as well have. I mean, oh. They had that series of motivational commercials, right? <laughs> With uh, Lieutenant Rawls from, or Major Rawls from yeah. The Wire. And I was listening to that today, and I couldn't remember it, and I was so frustrated. And I thought, how many people would know this if I said it. They'd be like, that's a really good motivational speech. Do you know what that network was called before it was Versus? 
No. The Outdoor Life Network. Oh, yeah. The OLF. Yeah. Even though hockey's played indoors. Uh, most, <laughs> most, of, most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to give this a rating. So, Ryan, I'm going to let you go first since you're our honored guest. Yeah, wow. For a, um, for a, a, a big craft brewery at this point, Bell's is, is top 10 or so I've heard. I think this is just a... A perfect example of a double IPA, West Coast style, really exemplifies Centennial Hops. Uh, I'm going to go with a 4.5 out of 5. Very good. Delicious right. beer. It's a good it's hard, score. hard to argue with the professional here, yeah. and so I won't. I think 4.5 is about where I would land. It's the beer. It's probably the first like craft beer that I had. Shout out to my cousin John Locke, who was about four years older, and he said, you got to have this. John Locke, Magna Carta. Magna Carta. Mag- yeah. What? I don't think that's going to go over our listeners. <laughs> oh, 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 L.O.C.K.A. Yeah, yeah, the philosopher. Yeah. Wow, what a writer. Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I um, I think just to kind of irritate you, I'm going to give it a 4.6 out of 5. <laughs> is it that allowed? It doesn't irritate me. It, honestly, what irritates yeah. me is when you're like, this is so good, so good, 4.25. Like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, but basically, you're allowed to go that that granular. Yeah, well, John well, would be happy. It's our it's our show. <laughs> we do it every Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna give it a four point six five. But basically, I I completely agree. I think this is you know a first class. It's in the Hall of Fame. If you if we were to do a Mount Rushmore of craft beers, it would be in the conversation. I don't know what the four would be. Yeah, we should have done that. Ryan, uh, do you want to plug your uh, beer company one more time for the listeners? Sure thing. Thanks, Tom. So, Mac Brewing, you can follow us on Instagram first and foremost. Uh, it's Instagram.com slash Mac Brewing, all one word. That's M-A-C. Uh, good content out there. Hopefully, you can enjoy it. You can follow us on Untapped as well. Reach out to me if you're interested in trying some beer, maybe rating some beer, and we'll get some to you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah. yeah I, thanks I, for having us. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, 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 thanks for joining us. us. <laughs> see it oh man we're well seriously this has been a lot of fun and uh also please make sure to like and subscribe to our show on uh instagram at friday.night.beers and on spotify uh and apple leave us a funny review yeah oh we should read one soon yeah, there's, there's some, a couple of them. There's, there's a couple a, of bangers in there. There's oh. been a few good ones. There was one really naughty one, but until then, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. That's Ryan. This has been Friday Night Beers, where we have clear eyes, full cans. Must booze. Thanks a lot, everyone. <laughs>